0: Let us pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would touch me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul. Let the ever-flowing power of the Holy Ghost freely flow through this vessel that makes preaching and teaching and confronting and comforting and nourishing easy and effective. Destroy yokes, make the captive free. In the name of Jesus, help me to be clear, concise, concrete, Christ-centered so that people can comprehend it, commit to it, and carry it out in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know we're doing this for the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, to gain the sinner, groom the saint, and grow the kingdom for your glory. So we thank you. Save somebody today, sanctify them, baptize them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you do these things, we'll be so careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank God. Amen. Clap your hands and tell the Lord thank you when i go somewhere for the first time i usually give my testimony uh the bible says in revelations 12 and 11 we overcome the world the devil in the flesh the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and we love not our lives unto the death the greek word there for overcome is nekaho, where the nike industry get their you know their word from night. It means to overcome, to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And I want you to know today, Manoa, that you're not the victim, neither are you the villain, but thanks be to God who giveth you the victory in Christ Jesus. I was born and raised in the streets of North Philadelphia. I tried to commit suicide. I was a teenage alcoholic, ran with women, did stick-ups on cocaine, mentally, physically, sexually abused, played little league high school, college football, was a world-class boxing champion, grew up in boxing, with Evander Holyfield, Perna Whitaker, the Frasers, the Bernard Hopkins, all those folks. Johan Promotions was offered me $100,000 as a 19-year-old in 1985. I had won the Pennsylvania Golden Gloves, was on my way to the regionals, nationals, Olympics when the Lord saved me, sanctified me, baptized me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I got married, called to preach, left boxing all within 15 months. People thought I was crazy, but it's 36 years later. I've been a lot of places, and I seen a lot of faces, and I had a lot of honeys, and a little bit of money, but I ain't found nobody that can do me like Jesus. He's a friend that sticketh closer to the brother. I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. Not only that, I went to Thomas Edison High School, Afin High, one of the worst schools in the metropolitan area at that time. One percent go to college, Zero percent five finished. But when I got saved, I fell in love with it. Listen, I was, let me slow that down. I was in a slow class for math, young people. I I don't even know if I even read a book, maybe Norman Vincent Peale's The Power of Positive Thinking. I only kept my grades up because the girls liked the guys on the football team, and I didn't want to get kicked (laughs) off the football team. Uh, But when I got saved, I fell in love with education. The Lord blessed me with an associate's degree from Geneva College in biblical studies, a bachelor's degree in urban ministry leadership, where we want to... research honors for the highest distinction that we did on a training model for evangelizing and discipling families. Uh, Then the Lord blessed me. Willie from North Philly, little old me to go to, to the Harvard of Seminaries, Westminster Theological Seminary. We have a master's in Christian education, a master's of divinity, because we want a full-paid tuition scholarship, young people, when you know whose you are and who you are. And we had to write an essay for it. And then my doctorate is in pastoral care and counseling. I said that to say, when I got saved, my mother got saved, my brother got saved, my sister got saved, my best friend got saved following me as I follow Christ. We overcome. The enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives unto the death. If you know you're not the victim and you're not the villain, but you are the victor in Christ, raise your hand like a boxing champion and shout hallelujah! hallelujah. All right, <laughs> woo, okay. I gotta, I really gotta take my time and hurry up. They started as soon as I stood up, uh, my clock. Uh, so uh, I gotta cut across the field. If you help me, um. Yes, there are um, four, four styles of preaching. I won't go through them, but, uh, but I will let you know I'm doing topical. Topical, since I, preached, I teach homiletics, I can't contradict to my students if they listening. You don't really read a text. That's why we glad John read John. Wasn't his name John? wine. Why, why, why. Oh, we got wine, red, John. Because in topical preaching, you give them all the scriptures you want in the lesson. And then you got textual, topical, narrative, and expository. So we're doing some topical preaching today. So we're not going to exegete through John 3, 1 through 17. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? We want to go back to Christian foundations. So we want to talk about what Christians are saved from and two. For years, non-Christians have asked the Christians the questions, what are you Christians saved from? Sometimes they sarcastically say, what are you Christians really saved from? If you just said the obvious answer is sin, Christians are saved from sin. Sin is a correct answer, but as correct as the answer sin is, Is it just a Sunday school class answer or a weeknight Bible study answer? Or is the answer to the question, what are Christians saved from, deeper than just the word sin? Dr. James, what is sin? The short biblical definition for sin is anyone and anything that you and I do that misses the mark or falls short of God's glory and perfection. Yours truly defines sin as the disobedience of the Lord, God's guidelines that guards and govern our lives for the good of godly, gracious relationships that we are supposed to have with the triune God, ourselves, others, the entire community, its culture, and environment. So when you and I sin or do wrong, it's not an individual thing. It's not an individual sin. It is a communal sin. Why? Because we are a community. So when you sin, when you sin, I sin, we sin, we sin against God, we sin against ourselves, we sin against others, the entire community, it's culture and environment. So today, that's what you're going to learn. You're going to learn the deeper meaning of what Christians are saved from and to. In Matthew 121, the angel of the Lord told the Virgin Mary that she would bring forth a son, and she will call his name Jesus. Jesus' name means Jehovah is salvation, Savior, one who saves and he will save his people from their sin. Salvation is to the Jews first and to the Gentiles, so whoever he saves from sin is his people. If you're not one of Jesus' people because you haven't been saved from your sins today, you can become one of his people by getting saved. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So according to Paul in Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you confess and believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross and its resurrection, you will be saved. You will be saved really means once you get saved, you currently have salvation as your present possession with all other true Christians. How? Because true biblical salvation is past, present, and future, meaning Christians have been saved, are saved, and will be saved. So when it comes to being saved from, the Bible describes a sevenfold salvation, salvation, salvation. So first, we are going to teach you what Christians are saved from, and then we're going to teach you what Christians are saved to. Christians are saved from, first, the power of sin. Can I get a witness out there from my Christian brothers and sisters out there? You see, before we became Christians, I mean true biblical Christians, not hypocriting Christians and pretending to be something like you that you're not, or nominal Christians in word only, but not in deed, talking the talk, but not walking the walk. But before we became not perfect Christians, but forgiven Christians who are saved, born again, washed in the blood, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Ghost, Bible believing, living all we know how Christians. Sin had authority, power, rulership, dominion over us. Why? Because we were sinners by nature. So it was natural and normal for us to live and practice a sinner's life and lifestyle. Some of us, some of you were drug dealers. Some of you were drug addicts. You know why they call them drug addicts? Because they always add it. Some of you were smokers. I, listen, I did everything but smoke. I tried to steal my mother's cigarettes one day. I did steal them. Uh, I was 13 years old, ran around and... Li- the, the alley, I lit one up and almost threw up. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Some of you would smoke weed and some of you smoke crack and some of you were drinkers like my family was drinkers. Some of you were fighters and whoremongers and prostitutes and pimps and thieves and robbers, liars, gamblers, gangsters, and pranksters. Some of us were into all, other religions, or just churchgoers making all kinds of foolish decisions. Some of us were worse than others, but all of us were powerless sinners. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 6 9 through 11. God's 9 11. He says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunken or abusive or cheat people. None of these people will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were washed, cleansed. You were sanctified, made holy. You were justified, made right with God, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. How did it happen, Apostle Paul? This is why Apostle Paul, as he relates to the being saved from the power of sin, in Romans six says, "Since we died to sin with Christ, and uh, with sin with Christ in baptism was buried with Christ in baptism, and has risen with Christ in the newness of life to live the resurrected life with Him. Sin has no more dominion." Power, Rulership mastery over you put it this way Manoah what we used to be we are not anymore what we used to do we don't do anymore because Christians are saved from the power of sin second we Christians are saved from the penalty of sin the penalty of sin the Bible says that the wages of sin is death the pay of sin is death I told you I got to take my time and hurry up. Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, which is judgment for our sins. Jesus brought our freedom from bondage to Satan and sin, and Jesus bought our freedom from God's judgment. He did this when he paid the penalty, paid the ransom that our holy God and his holy demand for us to pay to be released from Satan's grip, sin's bondage, and our holy God's just judgment upon sin and sinners. Colossians 1.14 says we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of our sins. The New Living Translation says he purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Listen to me carefully. Jesus did not, did not pay the ransom to Satan in order to rescue us from Satan, his kingdom of darkness, sin, and the judgment of of God, but through Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, he paid the ransom to God and met the holy demands of God and His law. Put it this way: Matthew and Mark says, "Even the Son of Man came not to be served or to be ministered to, but to minister to serve and give his life for a ransom for many for you. And you, and you, and me. And yet Satan continues to accuse us to try to make us feel guilty and to try to make us a prisoner of sin. But Jesus paid the redemptive price, the ransom for our freedom on the cross, who was raised again for our justification and made us the righteousness of God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 21, he became sin for us, a sin offering for us who knew no sin, had no sin, did no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ on the cross, switched with you and I, he took on our Sinfulness and gave us his righteousness to make us in right standing with God. Come on and clap your hands and tell the Lord, Thank you. And we are truly free, for he who the Son makes free is free indeed. So we're saved from the penalty of sin. What Christians are saved from, uh, then Christians are saved or delivered from the pleasure of sin. Hebrews 11:24 through 26 says it was by faith. Faith stands for full assurance in The heart. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Sin is only for a season. The pleasure of sin is only for a season. Moses thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. if Moses was able to give up the pleasure of sin in Egypt, the world in the Old Testament, certainly we who are New Testament Christians that have died to the worldly pleasures of this world, when we died with Christ in baptism and buried our old fleshly desires, our lust, when we were buried with Christ and have risen with Christ as new creatures in Christ, certainly we should be able to live like we are saved. Delivered from the pleasure of sin. Jesus said we are... Uh, in this world but not of this world. Paul said I'm crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me. See you have to understand something. The Bible says in the last days perilous times will come and these are the last days and dangerous times are here and one of the things that we should let, let us know that these are the last days and perilous times have come is men would be lovers they would love sinful, worldly pleasures more than they love God. It's called the doctrine of hedonism, pleasure without measure, lasciviousness, sin without the brakes. Christians, you can't love the sinful lustful, worldly, uh, sinful, lustful, worldly pleasures of this world and love God at the same time and be saved from the pleasures of sin. As a matter of fact, if I was to throw one in parenthetically again today, it would be saved from the system of this world. It's a system. It's a system. It's a system. It's a system. The devil only had three weapons, and it's a system, but we're saved from it. Here's the system, uh, Apostle John. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, more than you love God. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... And the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth, the deacon that doeth, the usher that doeth, the elder that doeth, the pastor that doeth, the layman that doeth the will of God, shall abide forever. Mm. So Christians, you are saved from the pleasures of sin. Then Christians are saved from the presence of sin. Where is that at in the Bible, Dr. James? I have proof for the truth. John said and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first earth was passed away and there was no more sea and I John saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned dressed for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God shall be with them and be their God and God shall wipe all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying Neither, neither shall there be any more pain for the former the former the former things are passed away hang on in there saints we're going to the land of no more no more murder no more violence no more drug no more racism classism sexism we're going to the land of no more no more gender wars gang wars injustices no more sin my I feel my preacher help coming on now one glad morning when this life is over I you and I are going to fly away what we going to do when we get to heaven Dr. James we going to walk in Jerusalem just like John (laughs) Woo! My God, <laughs> y'all gonna make me preaching here. Mm-mm-mm. Besides being saved from sin in and of itself, we're saved from sinful self. In Romans 6, Paul says, uh, we as Christians have to apply, account, reckon that we died to sin, buried our sins, our own nature, and has risen with Christ in the newness of l- the resurrected life because the power of sin is broken. Clap your hands and tell the Lord, thank you. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> in Romans 7, Paul says, even though the power of sin is broken, we still struggle with the sin principle that dwells in us, and that principle is the flesh. Paul is not talking about the hands, the eyes, and feet. He's talking about the inward man, the soulish man. Paul says, in my flesh, in and of itself dwelleth no good thing. Listen, oh wretched, miserable, afflicted man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin, which is constantly battling. Time won't have me elaborate on that. I got the move, but Jesus saved us from our sinful fleshly selves. But the only way we can overcome the struggle in the life of the believer is by the Holy Ghost. This is why Paul says in Romans 8, there is therefore now, right now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. You have to understand something. There are laws that govern natural and spiritual laws. You can talk about you going on the tallest building in, Philadelphia if you want to, talk about I be, believe I can fly and jump off of it. Trust me, you're going to die. There are laws that work in. Huh? If you on dope and cannot cope huh, and, and don't realize that there is a high, no high like the most high and you keep on smoking and drinking and shooting up, you're going to die because the wages of sin is death. But when the Lord saves you, sanctifies you and fills you with the Holy Ghost, huh, he told us, huh, and they that are of the Spirit must live by the Spirit. And we are the children of God. How many of you are a child of God in here today? Thank you, Jesus. Saints, Jesus Christ saved you from sinful self and gave the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit to overcome sin in you. Not only did he give you the Holy Spirit, but he gave you the Word so you can be saved from yourself. 1 Timothy four sixteen says keep a close watch on your life and the doctrine, the word persevere in them because if you do, you will here it is, save yourself and you will save those that hear you put it this way, when Paul, Peter was preaching that six point sermon on Pentecost, he said in Acts 2 save yourselves from this untoward perverse, crooked corrupt, wicked generation then number 6, Christians are saved from the hand of Satan, the hand of the enemy. Psalm 107 and 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom whom he, God, has redeemed out of the hands of the enemy. See, saints of God, once you are saved from the enemy's hand, then you can help someone else get saved from his hand. How do we know that? Brother Paul, Paul told Timothy, young Timothy in Timothy 2.26, he said, now listen, teach God's word that people may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken, held Captive by him, Satan, that is to say at his will, to do whatever he wants them to do. So we are, you know folks is doing whatever Satan tells them to do. I don't got time, I don't got time. I would say, so we are saved from the hands of the enemy. How many of you are saved from the hands of the enemy? Clap your hands. Give God a Psalm 47. Hallelujah. That's a war clap. We got the victory. The devil is alive. And then I thank Jesus for saving us for all these things that he saved us from. But number seven, there is something else we're ultimately saved from. And that is, that something else that we're ultimately saved from. Here it is, the wrath of God. And the wrath of God is now in the present and later in the future. The wrath of God is now present. The Bible says in John 3:36, he that believeth on the Son have everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abiding on them, remaining on them, remaining under God's judgment. My God, if you're not a Christian today, and if you're not saved and not have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're under the judgment of God. Let me explain something to you you have to understand two things can be true at the same time while god loves you he's angry with you you have to understand people that are not christians are my god they are our creation brothers and sisters But if you're saved, you are covenant, brother and sister. And that's is different. If you're not under the covenant with Jesus Christ, God is angry with you. And you have to understand, I'll say it again, two things can exist at the same time. You parents know that. While you love your children, you can be angry with them. See, some of us, if we think twice, we'd be the smartest person in our family. We keep putting them against each other. No, the Bible says in Psalm 711, God is a just judge, and he's angry with the wicked every day. That word wicked, I don't have time. Let me hurry up. That word wicked means you getting it twisted. You think you God, and God is not. But the devil is a liar. My God. The Bible says in Romans 118, listen to me carefully, for the wrath of God is revealed. is shown from heaven against all ungodliness. I'm talking about what the words say, not what we say in the community. God loves you. Yes, he does. But he's angry with this wicked world. Why? Because this nation has gotten spiritual amnesia. The Bible says, woe unto the nation that forget God. We want God to remember us, but we have forgotten God. The Bible lets us know that sin is a reproach to any people, but righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. You have to understand this nation was built on three C's, Christianity. It was built on capitalism and the constitution. My God, we have made a God out of capitalism and the constitution, but we have kicked Christianity to the curb. It's postmodernism. God is dead, but the devil is alive. How many of you know God is not dead, but he's yet alive? I fill them in my hands. I fill them in my feet. I fill them all over me. They taking God out of the schools. God out of the courthouse. Anything that's of God and want to get rid of God's people. But the devil is a liar. My God, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress or hold the truth in unrighteousness and wickedness. It's called the eudicium particular a cultum It's the particular hidden judgment of God. See, the Bible says the natural man don't understand the things of the Spirit. You saw that 16-year-old shoot the whole school up. Uh, you saw, my God, uh, the young man, uh, my God, you saw the young man uh, stick somebody up and take their car and road rage. Uh, but that's the effect because we have turned our back on God, and God is leaving us to ourselves it's a way that seem right but the end thereof is the way it is death this nation is in trouble and it's in trouble because of the people of God are not where they supposed to be the Bible says if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and forgive them of their sins and I will heal the land this land is sick. Russia is sick. The United States is sick. South America, North America, Antarctica, the seven continents are sick. But Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we're healed in our body. We're healed in our soul. We're healed in our spirit. And everywhere which way may hold. How many of you know Jesus is a healer? Come on and shout glory as I tell the gospel story. Let me close. I got to close. Christians are saved from the wrath of God in the future. 1 Thessalonians says, We're waiting for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Even Jesus would deliver us from the wrath to come. Romans 5 8 through 10 says, God uh, commended, he demonstrated his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, uh, Christ died for us, uh, much more being then now justified. Uh, we shall uh, be saved from God's wrath uh, through Jesus Christ. Uh, so I thank God uh, for saving us uh, from sin, sinful self, the system of this world, but we are ultimately uh, saved from the wrath of God. Uh, and let let me close. Uh, Then Christians are saved to something. Uh, Christians are saved to at least two things. Uh, My time is getting away. I got to preach. My God, uh, we are saved from the abundant, saved to the abundant life. Uh, Jesus said, uh, the thief cometh not but for... to." kill, steal, and destroy. But I came uh, that you might have life, uh, and that more abundantly. uh, My God, the great apologist Van Til uh, called it the full orb life. Uh, You and I are blessed abundantly. We're blessed naturally, spiritually, uh, psychologically, emotionally, uh, namely holistically and completely, but specifically covenantally. uh, We're blessed in the city, uh, blessed going out, uh, blessed coming in. We're blessed. My God, Paul put it this way with the abundant life. He said, not unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. What power, Dr. James, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Jesus told Peter, he said, listen, I'm going to bless you abundantly.'" With persecution, yes, he said, then, And in this world, in the age to come, and eternal life. Which brings me to my second, second thing Christians are saved to. Christians are saved to eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 is the greatest Bible verse uh, to describe what Christians are saved from and what Christians are saved to. Uh, Dr. James, uh, what's so great about John 3:16? Uh, as it is the gospel in a nutshell. Uh, for God is the greatest person. So loved uh, is the greatest devotion. Uh, the world uh, is the greatest number. That he gave is the greatest grace. Uh, his only begotten Son uh, is the greatest gift. Uh, that whosoever believeth uh, in him is The greatest invitation uh, should not perish. uh, It's the greatest mercy. uh, Have everlasting life uh, is the greatest position. uh, The greatest position uh, a person can have uh, in life uh, is eternal life. uh, Not have a position as a CEO or a great athlete called the goat or a great entertainer. But the greatest position one can have in life. Is eternal life. Folks, eternal life starts the moment you become born again, saved Christian, and continues in heaven when you die. So you have to understand, your life has a beginning, it has a middle, and a to-be-continued. When you die, your life doesn't end but continues in eternity, either with God in an eternal heaven or with the devil and his angels in an eternal hell. So if you become a Christian today, you will be saved from sin, sinful self, the system of this world, Satan, and ultimately from the wrath of God. And you will be saved to the abundant life and eternal life. And if you are a Christian today, here was my goal. You should understand, live by, and be able to explain what Christians are saved from and to. Christians, if anybody asks you what Christians are saved from, tell them we're saved from sin sinful self, the system of this world, but we were first and foremost, or ultimately saved from the wrath of God now and in the future on the day of judgment. That's what Christians are saved from. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Let's stand for Jesus.